Hey everybody! Hey, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not gonna really uh, sugarcoat this. We recorded for two hours, and the motherfucker just decided to stop and delete everything we did. So no news. We're just gonna do a nice little review of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Troy's pick on a special review. Re-fucking-view. <laughs> Play this fucking song. <laughs> hey! Hey, welcome once again to the Review Review Redo. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. That, I guess, is a total bummer. And if I wasn't already kind of buzzed, I guess I would fucking hate it more <laughs> than anything else. But... We've done this for what? 300 episodes hey, or more? This is probably, yeah. The fact that this is just happening now, it's probably a miracle. Yeah. Well, I remember it's happened to us before. Like yeah. um, when we first were, start, like, were starting out on this, and we're like, what the fuck happened? We lost all of it. <laughs> and then we would redo the show like we never did it before. Yeah. Tell even like the same jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they fucking landed. Oh, yeah. But, like, back then, like, you didn't have responsibilities. Like, you weren't a father. That's true. So now I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> that we're doing a show starting at 10, 10 p.m. Starting a, yeah, starting a show at 10 fucking o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah, no news. Uh, for the <laughs> Terminator movies, fucking Arc, uh, Layers, Layers of Lost Ark moved on, and it's going to be <laughs> fucking... Uh, <laughs> Alien 3 versus uh, Bambi. Bambi for our next one. So cast look at, your votes. Cast your votes for that. No news. <laughs> the Ghostbusters trailer sucked. That's Wonder right. Woman looked pretty good. Yep. Free Guy looked interesting. Things <laughs> might be bad. Yep. And Mulan was also a thing that happened. There you go. They're not going to sing songs in it. There you go. But anyways, Troy, your pick. My pick, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Uh, came out July 26, 2019, budget of $96 million. Domestically, made about $40 million more than that in the uh, U.S. at $141 million. Worldwide, $371.9 million take. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has at 85%. IMDb, 7.8 out of 10. Metacritic, 83%. And Emma at the movies, 2 hey. out of 5 stars. What a bitch. Emma didn't <laughs> like it so much. <laughs> Um, this show might be more interesting just because like now we're like two, we're like two hours of beers deep <laughs> yeah, maybe so. for our original <laughs> review. Usually like it gets worse as we go on, but no, we're, we're starting. We're on fire on all cylinders. Uh, so <laughs> on our, on my past recording, I went through other financial information of box office stuff that probably would be a snooze fest at 10 PM. Yeah. Needs to say, I'm going to say all Tarantino movies regardless of their budget and box office, have roughly the same return, yeah. so he must know his brand. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Motherfucker knows his brand. <laughs> Just saying, like, uh, one of his highest budgets at with Django, with $100 million, made $425 million worldwide, and Hateful Eight, which had $44 million budget, made $155 million worldwide, roughly the same gross percentage wise yes so he knows what he's doing uh i guess <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time in hollywood is uh about a man a man 
Oh man, Rick. Rick, Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. Uh, uh, a Western star that was big uh, in the 50s uh, with like a gun smoke ripoff called Bounty Law. Bounty Law. <laughs> uh, and his stunt double, Cliff, played by Brad Pitt, uh, they are now jumping ahead to 1969. Yes. Where now Rick is not so much in the forefront anymore and he's trying to. Kind of try to keep his name alive in, in the Hollywood circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, all the while trying to uh, not really dive into those spaghetti westerns that are now up and coming because they're horse shit. They're fucking horse shit. And Al Pacino wants them to be in one real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie also stars Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. In her own little side story going on. Oh, yeah. And uh, there you have it. You have the ongoings of Hollywood and the woes and wherefoes within yes. uh, this this machine in 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say one of my biggest uh, likes of this movie yeah. is definitely the Rick... And Cliff relationship. Oh, yeah. And actually what they do in the movie is great. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fucking DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are cooking on all cylinders. Yep. Cooking with grease, you Cooking with grease, as I said (laughs) in the other one. It was so much funnier in the other recording that we did. But, yeah. Just DiCaprio himself is just so fucking good in this. Yep. And fucking... Brad Pitt just plays the coolest dude. He's the coolest motherfucker alive in this movie. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> if there, if we could just emphasize one thing of our lost recording, is that he is the coolest motherfucker coolest ever. motherfucker ever. Not just alive, just ever. Yeah. God damn, he plays such a cool God guy. damn. <laughs> He's just so good in this. God damn. Um, I love the, the whole... Because I don't even think we brought it up when we were doing it before, but um, when he's reading that novel, like when he before he like goes on set to his other um, like child co-star, yeah, and how it's mirroring his life, yeah, and he just kind of breaks down. I thought that was like, oh, that was that was oh, really yeah. well done. That's a really succinct way to put yeah. like, your <laughs> life as, and career. Yeah. As he's like describing the plot of the book, he's like realizing that it just mirrors his life, and he's just like. Fuck, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he he is has like a fear of being like washed up because it's yeah. pointed out to him was like, "Oh, you're just being the bad guy now on all these new yeah. like just TV shows." That's that's kind of like the new guy coming in and putting you out of business yeah. you know what i mean almost literally it's the you're oh, on yeah. some other dude's show and he's killing you at the end of his episode oh no yeah like i was uh, i brought up in our other recording about how like i felt like so much of rick's story in this just struck me as like my pro wrestling career or my independent pro wrestling career and like that was another thing that i, I forgot to bring up hey see we're doing this again we're doing it we're bringing up <laughs> shit that we didn't even talk we didn't think about bringing up in this where like yeah, like uh, Al Pacino brings up where it's like, man, you're getting killed in all these shows. Pretty soon, people are gonna just see you as like the guy that gets killed all the time, and that's yep. like totally a, th- that's like a complaint I hear all the time in wrestling, where like guys are being like, well, I don't want to lose all the time because if I lose all the time, then I'm gonna be labeled a loser. Right. And it's just yeah, it's just perception, and like 
now he's at this point where he's trying to grasp onto this like this star persona that he's built up over the years being on bounty law yeah that now <laughs> bounty law <laughs> that now that he's getting killed in all these people's stories it's like oh it's not it's not Rick Dalton being killed. It's Jake Cahill, right? The, the guy that he played in Bounty Law, mm-hmm. where it's like so now. Every time they see him, they're gonna see Jake Cahill, and they're gonna see the guy that gets killed in all these westerns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like I hear that complaint all the fucking time when I'm at wrestling shows. Where it's like, oh man, I lost quite a bit the last couple. Of sh- I, I should I shouldn't go I shouldn't go under on this one. Mm-hmm. It's like. Fuck man, <laughs> but in the same sense, like, but in the same sense, Fuck, like, I mean, man. I agree because, in the same sense, I agree because it's like it's perception, and then like once people see you as something, they're not going to see anything else, right? It's, yeah, especially if they see a repeat pattern. Yeah, and especially if it's like a new generation of uh, viewers too. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and then you have his counterpart. You have Cliff, who yep. is cool as cucumber. Like, he's never in the spotlight. Yep. He's the stuntman for him through, like, most of his career. Yeah. He's uh, n- uh, rumored infamous for possibly killing his wife and getting away from it. <laughs> oh, giving a, Getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> so he already has this reputation and it's hard for him to get work. But even then, he's like, doesn't really care. He's yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm fine just driving you around, chilling out of your place. Yep. It's cool. And, like... That's what makes him so fucking awesome. You know what I mean? He just rolls through life just like nonchalant. Nothing gets to him. Yeah. And you see that throughout this whole movie. Oh, totally. Um, I brought up before, I'm probably going to say that a thousand times, like, I think even Tarantino, when creating this movie, like, realized how cool he was to even, like, put him in more things to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, if I did have a complaint of this movie, is that there is... a few scenes in this that go on a little longer than they need to. Mm-hmm. And like, there's some things that never really contribute to the story at large. Yeah. Um, like there is a whole scene where cliff goes to like this hippie commune. Yeah. For the most part. And it's a fun scene. Yeah. And it builds tension and there's things in it. I like, Yeah, but does it do anything else for the movie? Not really. Yeah. Like he's already proved himself to be a formidable person. Yeah. And cool as hell. Oh yeah. Before this. Like, if anything, they, they it might kind of build to things that happen at the very end. But other than that, it's not like anything worth really. Not yeah. Not really. In. He's already shown that he can beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> so he's already proven his point. Um, and then like the whole. Uh, Sharon Tate storyline in this. Yeah, that's the one thing I had the biggest problem with. Same with me. Not that it had, it was bad. It just yeah. didn't make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, like I, I felt like Tarantino expected you to know who Sharon Tate was when you went into this, and it was like I felt like I would have liked this more if, like, they showed more through her eyes instances of what's going on. Like even like. When they have that party at the Playboy Mansion, it's yeah. like Steve McQueen describing her life. Yeah. Where it's like, I want to see, what does she think? <laughs> Let her fucking talk, asshole. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of <laughs> liked that whole Steve McQueen scene at the Playboy Mansion. Like, kind of like, this famous person at the time, it's like, oh, this is this person or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of like building her up a little bit. Yeah. I kind of like that. But then... 
but but it, it leads to nothing because yeah um if i guess if you haven't seen this and we're totally going in blind mm-hmm. and if you knew anything i guess about sharon tate you realize that she gets murdered and yeah. in real life in real life not, not but in not this. in this because it's a revisionist history yeah and it kind of like teases it a little bit yeah but in being that it does do a revisionist history and she doesn't die at the end and isn't even really involved in the end. Yeah. It's like, then why involve her at all? Yeah. It's I just, guess. they just keep her around because you know, she's the victim of like what's being teased at the end. Right. I mean, I, so to me, I guess if you wanted to include that hippie commune scene with cliff, that would be enough for, I guess, to draw them out to find Cliff and Rick at the end of the movie. Yeah. As they're just kind of bumbling through their life, they actually made an enemy out there. <laughs> and they're just so cool, they don't even realize it happened. <laughs> and then they have to, like, take care of business at the end. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. But they're after, like, Sharon Tate. Yeah. But, like, she's not even in it enough to even warrant, like... The threat mm-hmm. to me and the yeah. movie, and I thought, I thought that it would be more interesting if they use Sharon Tate as kind of like the comparison to Rick Dalton, where she's the up and coming actress, yeah, who's sitting in the movie theater watching her movie, focused more on what people think of her, and now you have Rick Dalton who's older, who's m- more worried about like his peers and what they think of him, right. And, like, kind of doing that comparison back and forth. That would be more interesting. But it's, like, you don't know enough about Sharon Tate to where when she's watching her own movie and she's getting excited when people laugh and when they cheer, where it's, like, okay, but I don't really know who she is. Yeah. Like, you know more about Rick and Cliff than you do her. Right. So when it's her scenes, it's, like, uh, okay. So she's having fun watching her movie. Outside of that, all I've seen her do is dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then, uh, oh shoot, I was gonna tag on something to that. What you just said? Oh no! Ah, fuck. Chalk it up to being uh, three beers and an eggnog in. Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, we had some eggnog tonight. I had very it's... little eggnog. That took me a very long time to drink. It's delicious. It's something else <laughs> it uh well anyway i don't remember Anyways. um i did like that uh tarantino got his freaking film geek shit in with uh pacino talking about how he would watch these dalton movies on a certain millimeter of film yeah. every time he brought one up uh but man i love watching fucking pacino's whole fucking routine mm-hmm. of just like so me and the wife, we sat down and we watched whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then when she went to bed, but then I stayed up and I <laughs> cut myself a couple cigars, <laughs> had myself old, had myself a old-fashioned yeah. watching the 14 Fissa McCluskey or whatever. <laughs> like, oh. I want to be that old man when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sitting in my personal theater waiting for the missus to go to bed so I can watch a fucking Nazi movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bumble around. I think I'm gonna stay up tonight, hon. Why don't I'm you stay up? Yeah, I got, I got this movie I want to watch real quick. Why don't you go ahead and go to bed? I'll meet you up there real quick. Um, 
Oh, what I was going to bring up is the uh, Sharon Tate watching her own movies. Like, So she does go in and watch an actual movie with Sharon Tate in it. And like yeah. it's actually Sharon Tate. Yeah. It's, and so it's weird that that happens. And then you're watching Rick Dalton movies, except he's cut into classic movies like they yeah. actually take leo dicaprio and yeah. cut him in because they talk about like how rick dalton was supposed to be in the great escape right and, and then so... they show him doing steve mcqueen's yeah. scenes from the great escape <laughs> yeah. with him superimposed in the great escape right and i'm like why <laughs> why is one not like the other type yeah of deal yeah so like that's another reason it's like oh it's like well, why why'd you make that choice i guess but um I don't know. So like, that's like my big juxtaposition. I like the two dudes in this. Yeah. And it's not like I dislike the Sharon Tate story. It's just like it didn't feel like it connected to what yeah. other narrative I wanted, I wanted was going her, on. I wanted her to have as much substance as Cliff and Rick. Yeah. And you didn't get yeah, it. Yeah. Because they build them up as like, the this is the story of these three. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, you realize that like the two guys are getting way more backstory and substance than Sharon Tate where it's like it felt like Tarantino expected you to know Sharon Tate's history going into this where it's like oh yeah now I'm I'm just as invested in her as these other two because she's the real person yeah and I'm supposed to know who she is yeah but for the average film goer it should be like I want this movie to make me care about her yeah like I do these other two guys yeah I to me, like, I don't personally know a ton about Sharon Tate I don't either. at all. Yeah, I don't so, either. So, like, I don't have that history of things that, like, also lend itself to her character. hmm You know? So I'd have to be like, going in, like, well, make me care. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, they attempt, but it's still, like, they don't to give the time. Yeah. Or, like, have a payoff. Yeah. So neither one of those work, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, she's just, like, a, a part of this movie for a reason. Yeah. To show her feet. Yeah. For... Yeah, <laughs> show her feet. Tarantino to jerk his meat to. But, uh, yeah, all in all, I still en- ended up enjoying the movie. Yeah. Um, It's not my favorite Tarantino thing yeah. ever. The end is fucking insane. Oh, yeah, the end... We <laughs> <laughs> were saying, like... Man, Tarantino is like turned kind of a new leaf. He's like yeah. going kind of against type. I was type. super into this where it was like, man, he like he's really getting into just focusing on like what he does best without the violence and it's like shit. Yeah. I'm for this. Like I want to see like this this turn of Tar- Tarantino. Uh-huh. And then by like the last 30 minutes he's like, "No, nah. I'm gonna mutilate everyone's fuck it, face. Man. In this. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I can't. I can't hold back anymore. <laughs> Bust that one chick's up, chick's face with a fucking can of dog food. Yeah, and then smashes that other. And then Br- yeah, Brad Pitt spends a good like a minute just bashing her face into everything in ter- in <laughs> DiCaprio's house. Just fucking overkills her. <laughs> like holy shit. Yeah. Like. I, I was saying before, like, I was watching this movie with Macy in the room pretty much the whole time, and I didn't find, like, a lot of it to be, like, super offensive. Yes, there are, like, a few spots where there's, like, a lot of F-bombs being dropped. Yeah. But I'm like, otherwise, I'm like, it's not that bad for, like, maybe a kid to be in the room. Yeah. 
not really like they wouldn't really understand like the deeper meanings of some things yeah and there's very like little violence in the beginning and what is there is it's kind of comical yeah but then it gets to that last 30 minutes and they're just kicking in faces and it's like yeah. gory. Because yep. they're like pan into like broken noses and busted <laughs> up lips and just kicked in faces and all that shit. Yeah. Like, holy God damn. <laughs> but that last 30 minutes like just is brutal. Yeah. Even to the point where DiCaprio goes, gets his flamethrower and torches that bitch in his pool. <laughs> Holy shit. I love that moment, though, where you think he's just, like, ditching and getting out of there. And he comes out with a fucking flamethrower. <laughs> it's like, there's no reason you yeah. have to do this. So overkill. It looks like she is going to die in your pool regardless of what you yeah. do. And you still just barbecue the shit out of her. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. But... Needless to say, yeah, that, that didn't really save the movie for me, I guess, because no. I, I do feel like there were other, not even pacing issues so much, it's just like, why did you include this? Yeah. Because I felt like, even for a put-near-three-hour movie, yeah. it's paced fairly well. Yeah. So, um, I would grade this movie probably a B, like a solid B. Yeah. It wouldn't be one that I go back to a lot. But I, it'd be one that I'd have maybe on in the background for some cool oh, cliff parts. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I would say this is definitely, like, a really good background movie. Like, I almost kind of want to get this on Blu-ray just for... To play in, in the background for when I'm working on stuff. Because I, I even said, like, I, like, all the scenes where it's, like, Brad Pitt cruising around in DiCaprio's fucking car like just listening to the radio with the fucking like dj being like hey coming up next and all this shit <laughs> yeah. where it's like and like you can find this shit on spotify too like uh the once upon a time in hollywood soundtracks on spotify and they actually have the songs with the bumpers before the songs where like when me and molly saw this in theaters we played that on the way back and i was like it was the summertime like the fucking the DJ's like, oh, it's a cool eighty four degrees out, and I'm like, got the window wide open, got my arm out, like holding the fucking steering wheel, and like listening to fucking sixties music. I'm like, oh, yeah, makes me feel real good. <laughs> yeah, and like watching like Brad Pitt and shit do like shit like that, and like it's it's a movie where it's like it's a really good background movie. Yep. So, like, for that, I'll give it, like, a like a decent B, like you did. Like, maybe, like, a lower class B, just because I wish, I wish there was more Sharon Tate stuff. And, like, the ending is so fucking out there where I was like, <laughs> man, if you just would have, like, stayed your ground and, like, made it, like, a fucking, like, slice of life, like, a day in the life of these three people, I'd be way for it. But, yep. like, that ending was just, like, you being, like... Fuck it, kill everybody. <laughs> and I was like, burn it all down. Oh, shit, or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll give it like a like a, a middle of the road, but like maybe a lower B. Okay, yep. Sounds good. Yeah. So there you go, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's too bad most too of bad the show all was lost. The, all the show was pretty much lost, but there you go. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the gist of everything that we said. Pretty much. Uh, were you into anything else this week, JT? Well, I saw Stuber. Yep. And I fucking hate comedies nowadays. That's too stu- bad. God. Because they just try way too hard to be funny. Yeah. And I can't stand it. Y- you can't anymore. I, I can't. get it. 
I'm going to move this closer to my face just a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Do it. Uh, and uh, me and Molly are, we're almost through The Crown, season three of The Crown. Oh, yeah. Where they have the, they have like a completely new cast because they're oldening them up. Yep. Oldening. <laughs> Pretty much. The yeah. oldening. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's interesting. Okay. I think I think I like the guy that plays uh, uh, Philip more in this okay. season. Okay. Like he's uh, he's been in other stuff. Like he's I think he's more of a British actor. But like I don't know. He's really good because like he's still he's playing like more of like a mature Philip, but he still acts like a little kid. Okay. Like have you watched more of The Crown from nope. like the first season? Well, I saw the second season, but I Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's on the third one now. And like I always thought like Philip was like kind of like a overgrown kid mm-hmm. in like how he acted. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, like he still does that in this where like he seems more refined, but there's still things every once in a while where it's like, "Oh, that's fucking cool." <laughs> like there's like a there's like a episode in this when uh <clears throat> When it's uh when they have the moon landing uh-huh. and everyone's kind of like that's that's kind of nice and Philip's like shut up and he's just like <laughs> watching the TV and he's like all like he's like a little kid like fucking like oh, look, oh my god look look what they're doing they're on the moon oh my god this is so awesome right now and like just like being like super over enthusiastic about the moon landing <laughs> and then he finally like meets them and they're just like hey so like do you own like like four houses. <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, I want to talk to you about, like, science and stuff. Oh, we don't know shit about science. <laughs> we literally were just shot up in a thing that a bunch of scientists made. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were shot up in, in an explosive, and we didn't die. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's our only major we got feat. Back. Yeah, that's our only major feat. We did not make anything that was, like, we were pretty much told what to do, and we did it. And, yeah. But, like, he, like, brought them over to, the, like, the fucking palace being, like, so... So, uh, so what did you do for this? And they're like, oh, well, we just followed orders. <laughs> and they're they're more all about like, hey, so like, do you how many dogs do you have? Or and they're just like <laughs> asking a bunch of dumb shit. Where he's like, oh, I just realized that these people that I idolized are just people. <laughs> <laughs> Never meet your heroes. That's the lesson. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was all like. They they're doing shit like that now, and it's it's kind of fun to cool. watch. That's so funny. yeah, I'm I'm digging the next episode, the new season, of The Crown. Right on. And like from I guess like the next episode we're supposed to watch is they're getting really more into the Prince Charles Camilla Bowles saga. Okay. Where like I guess they were like really against them being together, and that's why he got with Diana. Oh okay, cool. Where it's like I kind of want to see, <laughs> kind of see where this shit goes, <laughs> and that's all I've been into. I don't know why it took so long to have me gulp down that thing of beer. <laughs> it got really foamy in my mouth for it's whatever get, it's reason. It's getting to that time of time of night. Um, I have been into uh, some premiere television. Um, I'm up to date with The Mandalorian, which I am enjoying very much so. I am as well. A lot of people are, like, criticizing the last episode, but I was like, I mean, it's goofy, but it's, like, Star Wars is goofy, too. Yeah, I, um, just about the last episode in general, um, I, I probably would say, like, maybe it's, to say it's the weakest f- sounds bad. Yeah. It just had the like the least to do. Yeah. I guess. But I even kind of thought that about the one before it too. I'm like, 
Oh, okay. Like it's oh yeah, where they go to that planet, the planet, yeah, and they they train like yeah. the natives, yeah. in like a day and a half yeah, to like try to Gina defend Carano themselves and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still thought it was fun, yeah. and uh, I I did kind of like it just because of the goofy other like novice bounty hunter. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, but then at the end of the day, like I I'm like I don't know what this episode accomplished unless it bleeds into the next one, which I think it will. Yeah. Or at least maybe somewhere down the road. But yeah. I'm still really enjoying The Mandalorian. It's Yeah, it's just a fun watch. Right. And it's so brisk. It's like, yeah. it's like 30 minutes. And yeah. you're like, man, that was, that was fun. Yeah, it's like way less than an hour. Right. And it's like, ah. Which in contrast so of what else I've been watching, yeah. uh, I caught up with all of The Watchmen show. I'm really curious on what you think <laughs> of Watchmen. I have... Seen all of it, but the last episode, yeah, which is premiering, which is premiering this Sunday. This Sunday, um, I uh... now when when I talked to you last, you said you watched the first episode and you weren't into it. I yeah, and I did rewatch the first episode, but I kind of started it like halfway through because I remembered a good chunk of the yeah the front mm-hmm. half, but um. I, I, I still wasn't into the first episode as much. Okay. I, I, I still hold true to that. Like, okay. I did realize I missed a big chunk of it because I must have dozed off, mm-hmm. started it too late. I didn't even realize there was, like, a whole Night Owl ship chase. And I was oh, like, yeah. I missed that whole thing. And yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's way more interesting. So that, yeah. Like, me missing out on that. I totally I can... forgot about the Night Owl ship. Shit. Yeah. I forgot about it. And so I was like, oh, oh, holy cow. The one thing I would say is that it doesn't feel necessarily like a Watchmen show up until, like, maybe episode seven. Really? I know they, they they make references to Rorschach and they keep going back to Ozymandias and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But, like, it just doesn't feel like a Watchmen show. And I know it's 30 years removed from the actual canon storyline. Mm-hmm. And so things evolve and yeah. things change. But I'm like, I guess, like, I'm not, I'm not getting it. It wasn't until, like, the last episode... Where it was like a Dr. Manhattan heavier episode. Oh, yeah. Where it like kind of put everything in perspective. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now this is cool. That that Dr. Manhattan episode's so fucking good. And the episode before that where it's like a hooded justice episode I thought yeah. was really cool. Oh, man. But I felt like that one like drug on a while. You know what? I, like, maybe. Did you feel that same? Like, I'm like, okay, this is really cool. They're giving like a history of like hooded justice, da 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 da. Yeah. But at one point, I'm like, oh, is this still going? Maybe, but I I thought it was a cool way that they did it, where it's you're seeing it through the eyes of Angela. Yeah. No, I did like that yeah. for sure. And like hooded justice is is still from the book, like just a mystery. Like they totally yeah. made it up whole cloth, and it's like yeah. I think that completely works. Oh, dude, and it yeah, especially with like. How Hooded Justice looks yeah. to what like he ends up being. It's just like, holy shit. It, yeah. it, it, makes, it even makes what Hooded Justice is in the book make sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but there are there are certain parts of it I really like. I really enjoy the Ozymandias stuff. Oh, man. It's, yeah. I, 
I want to see just more of that all the time. (laughs) And sometimes I get bored with, like, the other stuff going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, a little bit, like, with Angela and stuff. I'm just like, I just... Okay, I get it. Like, I just want to see more of Ozymandias stuff. Yeah. Because, like, they have one episode left. Yeah. And I'm like, you would... I guess assume that they're kind of going to wrap up that story, the Ozymandia storyline as well. Not yeah. wrap it up, but at least have it come to some sort of foregone core conclusion. Yeah. Um, And I still feel like they have a lot of explaining to do on it. Yeah. What did you think of the episode that was really heavy on, um, oh, fuck what was his name? The mirror guy. Oh, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, fuck what was his name? Uh, uh, Looking Glass. Looking Glass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I think that one and the Dr. Manhattan one are my two favorite episodes. I Yeah, I would say that. All the ones leading up to it, I'm just like, okay, where is the show kind of going? Because I, yeah. it, it's doing a thing like where Lindelof, like I, I've only seen a few of his things, right? Yeah. But he, everything that he does, he, he just like drops things here things here things here and you're like where are you going with this dude yeah until you finally at the end it, it maybe we'll wrap up together <laughs> like i'm I kind know. of thinking of lost i know i'm still kind of like i i love this show up all the way through right now but i'm still being just knowing lindelof still cautious of yes. the ending and so far i think i'm like okay you've got a good foothold on it like yeah. you easily can just like come full circle with everything and mm-hmm. everything will make sense yeah but uh I, I i those were like my hesitations with the first few episodes yeah so so far i'm enjoying it but i guess if i were to compare let's just say like the two things i'm watching now i would probably watch mandalorian I guess first over Watchmen. Really? If I were to choose which one to watch first. Okay. Because I have more fun watching Mandalorian. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm sitting down for the long haul for Watchmen. Okay. And not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. But I'm there to, like, sit there and, like, pay attention. Mm-hmm. So, one's campy fun and one's <laughs> kind of like a serious go at it. Yeah. So, I don't know... I, th- there you go. That's my review so far. I feel you. I feel you. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I. It just feels like he, Lindelof has such a a grasp on like what Watchmen is doing was was doing with the actual book, where it's like every time I talk shit about the movie, uh-huh. like this is what I I go back to where it's like I feel like Lindelof like was so into the book that like he's addressing things that Zack Snyder completely missed when he made the movie. Oh, I agree with that. But at the same time, I feel like it does lean on the visuals of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does in a way, but even like, I think he leans a lot more on the visuals of the book. Like there's so many scenes where like a lot of like the cuts and the, the scene changes are remind me so much of the book as opposed to the movie. Mm. I do like they, show the squid at one point oh oh my god that squid looks so badass too (laughs) that's in the looking glass episode yep yeah um i know i like that they go actually go back to the period of the book with the looking glass one yeah that was that was really cool yeah you actually see like the knot tops (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was that was fun to go back to 
But yeah, I am enjoying the Watchmen show. Yeah. I just, um, I, I think I'm still like on Watchmen overload. You know what I mean? From I this feel year. You. And so I, I, I was hesitant going in because like I, I just had my own personal bias against like wanting any more of this ingested. I hear you. But it did win me over. Good. Uh, I just want to see where it sticks the landing to like finally put like a foothold in where I really yeah. sit with the show. Yeah. But so far I'm just like, okay, like I really want kind of want to see what this millennium clock is all about. Mm-hmm. I want to see this Ozymandias thing wrapped up to see what's going on with him. Like I've already have mm-hmm. a good idea of like kind of where it's going. Yeah. What I really like is that, so he's the smartest man in the world, like quote the smartest man in the world. Right. Yeah. I love that. He's, Pretty much done anything Dr. Manhattan can do in, like, weird Victorian, like, uh, creations. Yeah. So, like, Dr. Manhattan can create life, right? He created the, quote, Adam and Eve. Yeah. To put on this moon of Europe, or on this moon of Jupiter. Yeah. And I, that's where Ozymandias is, right? Yeah. And so, like, he's also been able to create life by cloning these people with, like, fucking Victorian era <laughs> inventions. Yeah. And he's doing it, like, in this weird eccentric castle. Yeah. And he, he figured out how to do it and how to almost get out of there. But that's what I love about it is, like, like uh, Ozymandias is Dr. Manhattan without the knowledge that Dr. Manhattan has. Right. It's like if Dr. Manhattan is Superman and... Ozymandias is Batman, and Batman is so yeah. fucking smart he can outdo Superman at any given point in time. Yeah, but it's not even that. Well, but it, yeah, he's Batman, but it, Batman in the sense that like he's he doesn't see what Superman sees. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Where it's just like he he like he wants what Doctor Manhattan has, and then when Doctor Manhattan gives it to him, he's just like. Like, you're going to hate this. Like, no, I won't. I'm going to love this. And then after, like, five years, he's like, yeah, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, like, why didn't no one tell me that I was going to hate this? Yeah. It's like, he fucking told you before he gave it to you, you fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah. So that, that's all I'll say about Watchmen until it's over. We'll yeah. We'll do a, another full-on recap oh, when yeah. it's over. I'm, yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, And then I do want to touch on another superhero show. That uh, <sighs> debuted this last week. I know I've you watched partook, one episode. So of have it. I. I've only watched one episode. We started the Crisis on Infinite Earths saga, as it were. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. But. Show um, fucking sucks. It, okay. <laughs> it was worse than I thought. Right? <laughs> now, I can't imagine... You having any feigned interest in any of these things, going in, knowing anything, what was going on whatsoever. So, like, I don't know where they are in the show. They've they've created characters, like, I guess Green Arrow has a daughter. Yes, And she's going to be another Green Arrow. Yeah. And uh, there's a Flash, and he kind of shows up whenever. Um, and, uh... Fuck. Uh, 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 Harbinger is the woman that keeps appearing and reappearing to gathering all these heroes up. Yeah, is that Harbinger? Is that the fucking... I think that's her name. Jesus Christ. Uh, she was like Diggle's wife, who is... I don't know where Diggle is. You probably don't even know who I'm talking about. <laughs> no, Diggle... Yeah, Diggle was like the black dude from Arrow, Arrow. right? Yeah, yeah. I saw right. him in one of the Flash episodes. Okay, there you go. 
Um, they're <laughs> all, all they're all I know is season one of Flash. <laughs> okay, well I you're know. there. You're you're there. So uh, it was a bit of a rough go. It was way. Oof. I I while watching it, I'm like, holy shit, Joel's gonna hate this. Uh. <laughs> but I'm hoping it does like get a little better from here on out. Maybe. So the other episodes are also already available right now because they've already premiered <sighs> on the CW app. Fuck. And then the the last two episodes don't come out until January. Ugh. So if we can get through the these next three, have a little break, maybe chat about it on the show, and then do the last two and just have our overall thoughts, yeah. I would love your overall thoughts on I, this crossover. I'll give you this. I will give you this. Thank you. Because we're we're friends. We are friends for now. Happy fucking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, it is my birthday the day this drops. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's, that's all. I, it. That's all I've been into. That's it. That's the. This is the one part of the show that we already didn't record. So I felt like we went into go. more depth than we needed to on anything else. So uh, yeah. So to make up for this, I'm gonna release what we're gonna record next on the same day, and then I'm gonna do for Monday to build you up for our next Thursday show. I think I'm gonna do a super cut. Of all of our Fast and Furious reviews. Oh, right on. Sounds Just good. to make up for it. Sounds great. Sounds good. Uh, so, oh, we want to do them two separate episodes? Yeah, we're doing two separate episodes. Okay, so you can listen to them so separately. Yeah, great. yep. Yeah, just in case you don't give a shit about Fast and Furious. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, JT, if they want to talk to you about uh, faulty recording software, where could people do that? God damn it. I'm so <laughs> pissed. Find me at Bucky for one on Twitter, Bucky for one on Instagram, and Bucky for one on Snapchat Troy. Uh, you can find me at Short of the Max on Twitter. Find us both at Review Review Pod on Twitter. While there, you can vote for the tournament of random movies. This it's, week is it is Bambi versus Alien Three. <laughs> Perfect. Cast your votes. Uh, what we did mention uh, on the previous failed recording is that I'm looking forward to maybe seeing Bambi more. Yeah. But trolls wait for the next. Batch. Oh yeah, that's the next one JT is gonna says. have the next one's gonna have the one you're you're waiting for. It it it's a fucking it's such a fucking shitty movie. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Okay, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, you can find all of our episodes uploaded onto reviewreviewpod.podbean.com. That is our hosting site. But we are also up on pretty much any other podcast platform, such as Stitcher and Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And if you are an Apple user and you Mm -hmm. use Apple Podcasts, you can review us there right on your phone. And that helps other people find the show as well if you give a kind review. If you want to write into the show, such as other people have been known to do... Oh, yes. uh, You can do that at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Yes. There you have it. That's the show. There you go. So join us immediately today where we'll be talking about the fate of the furious. That's right. We're going we're we're near the end of what is available yes. for furious movies. We're going to watch Dom act in Fate of the Furious. <laughs> you bet we are. <laughs> and uh, then uh, join us for our what we missed in 2019. 
for next Thursday where we talk about Fast and Furious presenting Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw. Yes. I'm very, very interested in checking this out. In Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. I've I just want to see Black Superman. I'll get into it on on the <laughs> Fate of the Furious review. The fact that Superman shouldn't exist because they already exist? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but we'll get there, won't we? So join us for that uh, right now if you want. You can yeah. just start it right after yeah, this it'll show. It'll be posted the same day as this to make up for the fact that this is a shorter show. And then uh, join us on Monday when I'm going to make a super cut of everything we've done Fast and Furious so far. It's probably going to be like a 10-hour fucking show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday for uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's right. That'll finish it out. Finish mm-hmm. it out. All right. So until then, I have been Short of the Max Extreme. I am a JT3K. And we are off.